This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Ron's Weed Room. It's a big room full of weed. And it's Ron's. Under the alcohol with the steamboats, into goblins and wallows. Come at the grand line making a sand. The smell of death is on the rail. And at night when the cold wind blows, no one cares, nobody knows. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's Kids Fighting Monsters Week on Pod Cemetery with 1987's The Monster Squad and 2011's Attack the Block. But before we get into our movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Horror trivia. Give me what you got. What character is revealed to be the werewolf in the movie Silver Bullet? Gotta remember Silver Bullet. The priest. Very good. Okay, Kelsey, leading us into the Monster Squad here. Because they didn't own the rights to them, this movie could not directly reference the universal monsters. Anything that wasn't in the public domain. Including the creature from the Black Lagoon. The original version of the monster rap even changed later on later releases in the 2000s to include the name Creature from the Black Lagoon. But the original version did not say the Creature from the Black Lagoon. How what funny. What was he called? Oh, I was going to say they didn't call him anything. Do you have a guess? Um, It is actually how he's referred to in the universal dark universe, whatever they're calling it. Swamp Thing? No, Swamp Thing is owned by DC. So oh. it's the Gill Man. I when do they say that? Well, in the credits and in the song. In the version <laughs> we heard, it was Oh, so they don't actually say it in the film. No. I was gonna say, I don't remember them calling him that. But Universal refers to him as the Gill Man. Mm-hmm. But that's not the copywritten name. So in the original song, it, it, instead of what we get now, which is the creature from the Black Lagoon, the line was, the gill man swimming in the pool. Okay. Don't worry. We will play the rap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into the Monster Squad. First off, who made the recommendation, Kelsey? This recommendation came to us from Harry, Diane, and Tron1686. So we're finally doing it, guys. Yeah. We ended up pairing up with Attack the Block for the theme that we mentioned earlier. So thank you very much for making this recommendation. The Monster Squad was written by Shane Black and Fred Decker and directed by Fred Decker, starring Andre Gower, Robbie Kiger, and Stephen Macht. Now, Fred Decker wrote and directed, this could have been my trivia question, Do you remember what Fred Decker wrote and directed? Yes, Night of the Creeps. That is correct. I remember because it wrote, they wrote on the wall Monster Squad. Go Monster Squad, yeah. Because while he was making that one, they greenlit this one. Which is why I thought this was going to be really good. Oh, oh, man. It's made by the same people who made Night of the Creeps. He also has story credit on the first House movie. Which is also very good. And he wrote this with Shane Black, and Shane Black is Shane Black. (laughs) Who's Shane Black? Shane Black wrote, I'm going to list off movies here. Before this, actually around the same time, Lethal Weapon, The Monster Squad, this, The Last Boy Scout, 
Last Action Hero, which I fucking love and always have, even when it first came out and I was 10. The Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, which some people figure saved that franchise, The Nice Guys, and the new Predator movie, the one that came out uh, around 2018. Well, that is quite the track record. Shane Black was actually in the first Predator, so if we ever get to Predator, he's actually in that. Uh, It came out around the same time, actually, as this movie. Is that a horror movie? I would say, yeah. We've also seen it in uh, plenty of video essays about horror movies, and, you know, there's just an action tinge to it. You know, there are thriller horror movies, there are action horror movies, there are drama horror movies. Tom Woodruff, this is a little bit of uh, mixing trivia here. And I normally, I know, I do this I do this so much, and I normally hate it. I hate these like, hey, did you know that these people were in this thing together too? It's not remarkable because of that. It's remarkable for another reason. Tom Woodruff was in the makeup department for both this and Predator, which were being made around the same time. Interestingly, though, he worked on Frankenstein on this one because the creatures were created in quotes by Stan Winston and, of course, his studio. So Tom Woodruff worked on Frankenstein and not Gilman, who looks remarkably like the Predator. In the way, like, he doesn't have the same, like, mandible opening, but when yeah. you look at his face, it's, it makes, it evokes Predator to me for some weird reason. Uh, that character was primarily overseen by Matt Rose and Steve Wang on the makeup department. Frankenstein's monster is played by Tom Noonan, famous for, I like to think, playing the Ripper in Last Action Hero. Whenever I see him, I think of that. Here we are watching Last Action Hero again. Yes. How fun. We know him as Mr. Ullman from House of the Devil. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Francis Dollarhide in Manhunter. That's right. That's right. He is great. Yes. Love him. And one last note here I had about the people acting and making this movie. Uh, when we talk about the credits, is that for me, at least, I feel like Fat Kid was almost certainly the inspiration for Chowder in Monster House. Absolutely, but I can't believe that's his actual name. That's what they call him, yeah. Even though his name is Horace. Yes. What is the Monster Squad about, Kelsey? A group of kids who happen to be obsessed with monsters happen to live in a town where Dracula has decided to take over the world because an amulet's there that he needs, and it's up to these kids to stop him. Sure. That's a good description, I would say. (laughs) Uh, You can watch it with a subscription to Amazon Prime or DirecTV. You can watch it with ads on Pluto TV. You can rent it for 3 to $4 pretty much everywhere and buy it for about $10 pretty much everywhere. Would you recommend The Monster Squad, Kelsey? I mean, I feel like you have to see it because its I've always heard about it. It's weird that I never saw it as a kid. Uh-huh. That's weird. But I never did. And I've always heard about it. Kids have talked about it. People have talked about it. But I just never saw it. And it didn't wow me. But I'm glad that now I know what everyone's talking about. As a kid, when this movie came out, like very, very young. So I don't think I saw it till it was out on home video. I remember two things about this movie. One is that 
Frankenstein was a good guy. <laughs> and that... And I'm just going to call him Frankenstein. Let's get this over with. We understand it's really Frankenstein's monster. They make that point in this movie from 1987. So you're not clever for pointing out that it's actually Frankenstein's monster. Look, no one's clever. <laughs> the book was written like in the 1800s. You should fucking know that. But the point is that people take pleasure in pointing that out to people when you call him Frankenstein. We're just going to do that because that's the easiest way to reference it. And it doesn't mean we have to fall over backwards tripping on our correcting us ourselves every time but anyway that's one thing i remember the other thing i remember about this movie of all the things and it's probably the thing a lot of people remember about this movie is that wolfman has nards they made a documentary about this movie did you know that and it was called wolfman has nards wolfman's got nards, got nards yeah yeah wolfman doesn't have nards do it anyway <laughs> Yeah, so there's a documentary. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I thought you would have watched it. I that was the thing that, like, every kid knew. Every kid knew that reference. And if you took anything away from this movie, that was it. Because it was the funniest thing in the fucking movie. <laughs> now, to Kelsey's point about how she wasn't really wowed by it, but she's glad she at least watched it so she knows about it now. Uh, the script... Does not age well. No. Especially in the beginning. A lot of gay but, jokes. But throughout. There's gay jokes. There's uh, bullying. Kids called fat kid humorous. even by his friends. Yeah. There's sexual harassment that's normalized. Like it's, it has not aged well. But that was like the late 80s, man. Like that was, God, when I was growing up, gay jokes were the thing every kid called some other kid at some point the F-bomb. <laughs> the the F-slur, I don't know what you want to call it. You know, the Goonies didn't have to do that. Well, yeah, she's bringing this up because I was, in describing it, I was trying to describe it as it's kind of like Goonies, but with the Universal Monsters. The Goonies is great. I don't. I don't even think... Like, yes, of course, I have major nostalgia for The Goonies. I totally uh, admit to that. But even if I didn't, seeing it now, like, if I had seen that instead of this, I think I would have been wowed by it for a kid's movie. The Goonies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, I would definitely say The Goonies is better than this. Good. <laughs> but this is, it's an interesting artifact, I would say. And it's something that everyone knows about, but I don't think it's something that everyone's seen. It's a thing that you talk about, but nobody actually watches. You know what I mean? Well, we did. We did. We did. But it's been a very long time since I've seen this movie. Probably over 10 years since I've seen this movie. Well, with that said, you can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1987's The Monster Squad. Know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgin! They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. Two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town, there's a monster in my closet. They're the only ones ready to do battle. Somebody's out there is killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Don't you see it's all true? By midnight. You 
seem so young anymore. Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone mad. Armadillos, Kelsey. That's how this movie starts. <laughs> Any thoughts on the armadillos? They are armadillos. They are, in fact, armadillos, and there's a reason for them being there. Yes, armadillos are American animals. They would not be in Transylvania. Yeah. Somebody should have told that to the original Dracula that put armadillos in the mansion, the castle, in the first Dracula movie. What? Yes. That's what this is a reference to. What? Yes. Seriously? Uh That's so funny. We're going to watch these old... I mean, we watched The Wolfman, and we watched... Did we watch Creature from the Black Lagoon on the show? We didn't, did we? No. We watched that on our own. Yeah, we watched that before we ever did the show. So we got to watch those old Universal Monster movies for the They're show. They're on the list. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> the long, long, long list. Yes. So also you pointed out that they don't even sound like you would think armadillos would. I thought they were supposed to be rats. No, they're the sound is guinea pigs. Then why do they make the noise at all? It's funny. Okay. <laughs> this is a silly movie, and we're going to have to get used to that. Yeah. I, this The one, a really good thing about this movie is that it's very self-aware, but that's also problematic because it's so self-aware that it's it's like, wait, but then why would you include that in your movie if you're as aware of yourself as you are? Uh-huh. You know? Like, it includes some fucked up things. Some weirdly fucked up things, but we'll get there. And, like, not like, oh, my God, I'm offended, but, like, that's a weird thing to put in a kid's movie. Uh Because this is a kid's movie. Oh, it's definitely, it's for the kids. This is not intended for adults at all. They didn't give a shit if the adults were enjoying themselves or not, Mm. which is why it's so weird that there's... That's eighties kids movies. That's how eighties kids movies were. I mean, think about all those movies that weren't kids movies, like RoboCop and Rambo, that were marketed to children with cartoons and toys and video games. And don't get me wrong, I fucking love that shit growing up. But like, that was just the way the eighties and I'd say early nineties were. Like, it was just. You would go places with kids' entertainment, and you would do things that are like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So, we start the movie in Dracula's basement, I guess, and his catacombs, and the camera pans over coffins, and one is opened, and some tarantulas come out, and a hand comes out, uh, and then we pan further over, and we see a bat hanging from the ceiling. And lots of other quote-unquote bats with red eyes, but the camera doesn't shy away from no, from like showing you that they aren't even they aren't even fake bats. It's just like black shit with some red eyes here and there. You know the you know how you 
you know how you make bats that you might hang up in your house around Halloween? The body in the middle can bounce up and down and it kind of looks like the bats are flapping. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. And like Kelsey says, they're absolutely not shying away from that. You should understand right away that this is going to be serious and silly at the same time. So we meet Dracula and he gets invaded, I guess you could say, by Van Helsing and his crew, along with a virgin, one assumes, <laughs> to, to perform this ritual and banish Dracula. And things kind of go weird. There's a big vortex that opens up and everyone gets sucked inside. Before we move on, at one point we get to see Dracula's wife. Wives. Uh. Well, yes. But one of them is eating a possum. Yeah, there's all of a sudden possum now here, too. Why? <laughs> Which I also think that's an American opossum. <laughs> if I remember back to seeing that scene correctly. There's different types of possums. Oh, there very much are, yes. Interesting. The ones that you would recognize from here are specific to America, yeah. The Americas, I guess you could say. North and South America. We get to see a laser show. The stone has lasers coming out oh, of it. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> and we'll get to see that again later, too. I feel like they did a good job of that effect. I, I think a lot of really bad effects. Okay, it's a silly effect, because why would it be? Why would it have lasers coming out of it? <laughs> but what I mean is, is they shoot the lasers actually through this crystal that they have. So when the crystal moves, the lasers move. As opposed to what I think most cheap productions would do, which is shine the lasers from outside at it, which would give off a really bad effect. The lasers would be really still. Even if the crystal moves, the lasers wouldn't move. I noticed this when it was down, uh, when we find it later, that, oh, the laser must be coming from behind. And we're seeing it come out of this crystal. So I thought that that was actually, they, they thought of that, like they cared enough to do a silly effect well. That's what I say a lot of this movie is just silly effects done pretty well. We get introduced to Sean and his buddy Patrick. They are, it's present day, and they're in the principal's office, and the principal is berating them for misbehaving in class and talking shit about the teacher, and he's like, hey, I, I'm just like you. I'm hip. I'm with it. <laughs> Monsters are cool, but you know what's really cool math <laughs> no science science yeah they say their teacher is boring and looks like a cat yeah her, her head looks like a cat we see her later well, I mean, she has her hair fashioned to look like kind of she has pointy ears and she has kind of the shape of a, a face that's shaped you know she doesn't have a longer face she has more of like a square face i guess like a cat might have they'll say later that their principal was homoing out i guess like because he was touching them. Right. Yeah. This stuff sort of dies out as the movie goes on, and then it sort of gets replaced by sexism. <laughs> we meet Horace, who is colloquially known as Fat Kid in this. He gets picked on by the older brother from The Wonder Years. Yes! <laughs> That interaction is stopped by Rudy, who's like the badass leather jacket wearing smoking kid. From his, junior high. He's supposed to be a stereotype. It is supposed to be ridiculous. He's riding on a bike, but he's still smoking. And Yeah, but also 
they never bothered to explain why he helped Horace out. Well, because the good-natured cool guy is a popular trope, just like the Fonz. You know, he's basically the Fonz, wearing a leather jacket with a white shirt underneath, kind of a greaser look, but would always stick up for the little guy, you know, against the real problem, the bullies. You could be cool and you don't have to be a bully, you know, was kind of like the mindset there. And so he saves Horace. And so Horace will later ask if he can join the Monster Club. Is that what they call it? I think so. Originally, Mm -hmm. it's the Monster Club. But we'll get to that. Cut to an airplane carrying cargo from Europe. And it is passing over, I think, we don't find out in the movie, but I believe this is supposed to be uh, in the suburbs of Louisiana. So they have, like, swamps and stuff like that. That would make sense. But they never say it. They ne- Yeah, they never say it. That would make a little more sense why there's this mansion uh-huh. <laughs> slash castle thing that they don't bother to explain why it's there. Nope. These pilots are carrying cargo. We and never find out why they're carrying nope, this cargo or do. where it came from or... Uh-huh. They know it's dead bodies, and apparently it's full of, like, the actual monsters. Like, we see Dracula at one point, like, being all lovey-dovey up on Frankenstein's crate that he's being kept in. So, like, they're all being carried together, I guess? And he scares one of the pilots into ejecting the cargo, And then ends up just floating there, which is kind of cool. And then he turns into a bat and he floats away. This is Duncan Rager as Dracula. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce his name or not, but I'm going with it. (laughs) This stuff all falls in the swamps outside this suburban town. It's like Dracula planned to be let go this way. (laughs) And he just needs to collect... He has Gilman, because Gilman is already there, I think. Yeah. He's with Frankenstein, who's being carried in the plane. And so they got the three of them, and now he needs to get the mummy, who also happens to be in a museum in this town. Yes, in this random suburb. Uh Uh-huh. And where the Wolfman also happens to be. Well, they don't explain this dude out of fucking nowhere, turns into a werewolf, and he's never been a werewolf before They never explain why he's bitten, because all that shit is unimportant. We just need to get to kids versus universal monsters. I understand. We're not wasting any time on any of this stuff, because that's not what the story's about. So we come to the kids. We have Sean and Patrick, like we said. We have Horace as as fat kid, uh, who's brought Rudy along. There's Eugene at somebody's sister. Whose sister is it? It's Patrick's sister. Patrick's sister. Yeah. There's Eugene, who is, is that Patrick's little brother? I don't know how he's related to anybody. And Phoebe, who is. Main kid has a little sister. Oh, that's Sean's. I do like when Phoebe comes up, she tries to get in. She tells him, mom said you have to let me in. That's, she says some weird word. And he goes, that's, you mean discrimination. And then she says something else. And he goes, that's drugs. And that which you, which you're on if you think you're getting up in here. <laughs> and he pushes her out. Mom said you have to let me in the club roses prescription. 
That's discrimination, jerkoid. Prescriptions, drugs, which are on if you think you're getting up here. Come on, Sean, I know about I'm, I'm surprised we didn't have a no homers moment because their clubhouse door and the treehouse says no girls. Yeah. We're allowed one. <laughs> Why don't those stupid idiots let me in a crappy club for jerks? Sorry, not you, Homer. But you let in Homer Glumplet. <laughs> it says no homers. We're allowed to have one. When he goes inside, his mom hands him a book that she found or... They, somebody else found... Wh- where'd the book come from? There was an estate sale or something, which I guess some descendant... They don't really ever explain this, but I guess some descendant of Van Helsing lived there, also in this town, and died, I guess, and left behind Van Helsing's journal. Sure. Which Sean was really, really interested in. And the mom is the mom from the Goonies. She is, Yes. So there's our actual connection to the Goonies. Yeah. And Sean this whole time, by the way, is wearing a shirt that says Stephen King rules. Oh, my God. I love his shirt. I want it so bad. <laughs> like, so bad. But also, I love his response. Oh, my God, Mom. This is great. This is German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> Abraham von Helsing. This is great. <laughs> this is German. So... Not all is well in Sean's household. His parents aren't getting along very well uh, because Sean's father, played by Stephen Macht, is a detective. And he's always at work and he gets called away at inopportune times. And it makes it very difficult for him to work on his marriage. And he gets called away again because his partner, played by Stan Shaw, is like, you've got to get here. There's this guy that's freaking out over saying he's a werewolf and he's attacking all the policemen in in the precinct. And there's been this break in at this museum and there's a mummy missing. Like things are going crazy. You have to come in. Of course, it's the absolute inopportune time because they were supposed to go out that night. Kelsey, where were they going to go? Weren't they going to see, well, the kids, the kid wanted to go and see a movie and the parents were going to go see their therapist. A couple's therapist, yes. And so this is, of course, the time that he gets called away to work. Yeah, and but before he did, he told the kid he couldn't go see the movie. Do you know what movie he said he wanted to see? It was Groundhog Day, like, 12 or 14 or something like that. Yeah, and so, like, it's just a, in their universe, like, it's supposed to be a slasher film. Well, Groundhog Day didn't come out to, like, what, 90, 91? Exactly. So, yeah, it wasn't out. It wasn't, it, it, when we hear Groundhog Day, we think Bill Murray. Yes, it's so and weird. And it's unavoidable to think that. And even though that movie hadn't come out yet, and we hear Groundhog Day, as obviously it's supposed to be a comedic take on the fact that there's a horror movie for every holiday. Yes. I totally get that. It's just really <laughs> funny in retrospect. It is, yeah. That we have a Groundhog Day, and that there will be 12 of them because <laughs> it's never ending. Tomorrow night? Gonna be too late. The guys will blab the entire plot. Plot? Did I hear plot? Sean, it is a guy with an axe. Anyway, I thought they killed him in the last one. They did. And he returns from his grave. He returns from the grave? Sean, he always returns from the grave. If they blew him up, put his head in a blender, and mailed the rest of the pieces to Norway, he would still return from the grave. That was part seven. Also, the dad smokes in the house, and the and the kid's like, I thought you quit. And he goes, well, put a lid on it. Yeah, like, do me a favor. Put don't a lid tell on. your mom. No, Dude. it's stop talking to me about it. Stop oh. pestering me. Oh. 
I thought he was telling him, don't tell your mom. Oh, because she'll be able to smell it. Yeah, I was like, you are inside. (laughs) You are insane if you don't think she's going to know. So he goes and he deals with this call. Meanwhile, at the precinct, the man who claims to be a wolfman is shot dead and killed. They go to the museum to check it out. And sure enough, a mummy is missing. And the line... Dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves, is uttered. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. Which is also a line in Night of the Creeps. Corpses that have been dead for 27 years do not get up and go for a walk by themselves. Really? Yeah. That would make sense. But the werewolf is not dead. No. And changes in the ambulance. What did you think of this change? We talk a lot about werewolf changes. What did you think of this one? There okay. are there are like two of them that we see in this movie. So I didn't write anything, so I obviously didn't think much of it. Uh-huh. However, I will say this. When he's just walking around as a werewolf, it is a god-awful mechanical mask. Maybe. It is really bad. I think it's interesting that it doesn't go the route most werewolves go. What happened? I don't even remember. Not with the transition. Oh. With the look of the mask. It just looks a little bit different than you might expect a werewolf mask to look. It just looks really bad to me. Ah. I like the monsters in this movie. I think they look really good. I like all the other monsters except for this one. Uh-huh. He he just looks, like I said, like a mechanical mess. <laughs> and he kills the ambulance drivers. Not the ambulance drivers. The drivers that are work for the morgue. So Dracula calls all of the monsters to him uh-huh. with the creature from the Black Lagoon coming up from the water and bringing Frankenstein's monster with him. Yes, because, of course, as you remember, he fell out of the plane and landed in the water there. So Dracula has assembled this monster army, which is what our kids, the monster club at this point, are going to be fighting later. We have Dracula, who is like... Stone Cold, just like a regular ass classic version of Dracula. One of the challenges that they had to deal with in designing all these monsters is that they had to evoke the universal look, but not be accused of copyright infringement. How did they get away with that? Because especially Dracula, he looks exactly like Bela Lugosi. I wouldn't say exactly like. They do things that you might see in a Halloween costume, which also have to do the same thing, especially back in the 80s. I know... There's, there is a picture, if I can find it, I will post it, of me dressed as Dracula. <laughs> I've seen this photo, it's very cute. And I had, it was all this stuff. You know, I had the painted in widow's peak, the white face, the medallion with the red ribbon holding it up. Like, it is, when you think of hokey Dracula, this is what he is. Yeah, he looks great. Uh-huh. The others, the mummy looks good. I mean, you can't really fuck up a mummy. Right. They do a pretty good job of it, too, especially when they defeat the mummy. (laughs) It's pretty dang good, I have to say. And Frankenstein looks fine. Yeah. Okay, so that's another thing. They put his, uh, instead of having bolts in his neck, they put these tabs on his temples. Like, it's that kind of stuff that they had to do. I'll have to show you a picture of a pumpkin I made with my dad. For, like, Halloween when I was a kid, I put um, those little white, like, you would put ketchup in and put them on his bolts on the face. Yeah. Like it was Frankenstein. 
You'll have to show me. Yeah, oh. I have to see that because I'm having trouble picturing it. So apparently, if you didn't notice before, when he was fawning over the crate, Dracula is Frankenstein's master and is very much a loving master in so many words. He treats him poorly, but <laughs> he he loves him. Mm-hmm. And so his cane doubles as a lightning rod and it has wires that come out like it's built just for animating Frankenstein. And, you know, he puts the he, he puts the clips attached to wires which are attached to his cane and then the cane extends up into the air. And of course, it just happens to be lightning happening. And so it gets struck by lightning and it animates the corpse. Well, he has magical powers. So. Yes, that is true. That is true. He does. So he has assembled these five universal style monsters as villains. So why are they here, Kelsey? So the amulet that we saw in the beginning. We're going to get all this is exposition. Yes, yeah. From a weird German guy. Scary German guy. Who is actually a Jew who survived the Holocaust, the Holocaust. which will, yes. will go nowhere. It's just to show you that, hey, maybe don't jump to conclusions. Frankenstein's good. Scary German guy actually has, you know, he's a fantastic heart and he has incredible stories to tell. Excellent point. I can't believe I missed the moral of the story. <laughs> so, a hundred years ago, every hundred years? Something. Every, every hundred years, yeah. This amulet becomes vulnerable and can open up a gateway to another realm, which you can either use to get rid of evil or you can use it to take over the world. No, what it is, is uh, that's how you get rid of the evil that comes in the form of Dracula. And he'll come back every 100 years. But in creating this portal, the amulet is weakened. And... You can destroy it. So that's what Dracula wants, is he wants to get it so he can destroy it and then not have to deal with being banished every hundred years and he can just stick around and actually rule the world. None of this makes sense. None of this is, it's all just silly, stupid lore. So it's it is, fine. yes. Yeah, it's totally, point. we just need a premise is what we need. He, they need to have a reason to be there. Yeah. And the kids need to have a reason to kill them. So... Rudy is totally fine with being in this treehouse because he's using the binoculars to look in at this hot girl getting undressed. One of their si- one of their kids which he sisters. finds out later that it's Patrick's older sister. But you ta- you forgot the message, the fun message left by his mom. Oh, did he get that already at this point? Uh huh. Yeah. So what does the message say? For Sean, caller Mister Alucard. In parentheses, school question mark? Message. Interested in Van Halen diary? Possible money. <laughs> Van Halen diary. It's so good. It's really good. I love that stuff. Yes. Alucard, if you try to Google it now, you will get nothing but references to Castlevania, the video game series. This predates that. It does. 1941 from Son of Dracula is where Alucard was first used. In popular mythology, Alucard is the son of Dracula, who is a half-human, half-vampire. Do you know what that's called? Blade? Blade's mom got turned while she was pregnant, I think. (laughs) God, it's been too long since I've seen Blade. 
or read the comic books. So they call him a daywalker. So he kind of like has the best of both worlds kind of thing, you know. But Alucard is what they call a dampier, who is the son of Dracula and a mortal woman who they literally boned down and she got pregnant. So he has vampire sperm <laughs> impregnates a mortal woman and gives birth to this dampier who is kind of a best of both worlds thing. So, yeah. Interesting. But yes, Alucard is obviously the name he uses to pretend he's not actually Dracula. He could have used any name ever. (laughs) And Sean will end up unscrambling it to spell out Dracula. And he's like, holy shit. He also overhears his dad talking about both the missing mummy and the man who thought he was a wolf man who has disappeared. So they get desperate and they need to know what does this journal say? So, seeing no other options, they take it to the scary German guy. And they're really terrified, but they find out that he's actually really cool. He's kind, he makes them pie, uh, he has cool airplane models, and he reads them this, like, entire fucking journal. Yes. (laughs) And... He explains exactly what we told you already about the every hundred years, the amulet, blah, blah, blah. On their way home from scary German guy's house, we find out that Phoebe has befriended Frankenstein's monster. So Dracula has sent him out to this kid's house to get this journal. He tried calling and didn't get a response. So now he's going to send Frankenstein to go get it. On his way, Frankenstein runs into this little girl, Phoebe, who's Plucking flower petals on the bank of a body of water. Which, which is, is taken straight out yes. of the original film. Uh-huh. Except instead of killing her. Right? He throws her in the water, right? No. I don't know if he kills her, but. She falls in the water. He saves her. Oh, okay. Well, it's been. But the villagers think he, or maybe he does accidentally kill her and the villagers think he did it on purpose. I don't remember. It's been probably 20 years since I've seen it. Maybe even more. But he does just befriend her because it's not like he's evil. Yeah, but he's gentle and that's kind of the point, right? He befriends her in this and they're just friends. Do you want to mention a weird scene that we've skipped where... That weird kid that we don't know if he's the younger brother of anybody who's in the monster club. Eugene. Randomly gets the mummy in his closet. And it's never explained. He just leaves. Yeah. Because they just wanted a moment where they could have that one joke is my guess. There's a monster in my closet. The dad walks in, doesn't look in the closet. But we see that the mummy is in there. There's nobody in here. And he walks away. And I'm just like, why is this scene in this movie? And then the mummy just walks out the window. I guess ostensibly he was also looking for the journal. I don't know. But yes, that is, it's a lame joke. Phoebe shows off the fact that she's friends with Frankenstein now. And all the guys hide. But eventually Sean comes out and realizes that, oh my god. This is Frankenstein, and he's not killing us. Like, oh my god, he's cool. That's so awesome. And Phoebe's like, can I be in the club now? Well, I love when she first runs up to him and to her brother and tries to tell him about Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> I love his response. Handle life, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it to my students. Just- Handle life. <laughs> It's so, so good. <laughs> she also calls them chicken shit. Don't be chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, you guys. He's friends with-
That's really good. Uh, we should capture that in a GIF. Also, the kid, the main kid, will tap Frankenstein like, hey, look at this. And Frankenstein will be like, and just pushes the kid. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, and then they show him a mask of him. Oh, yeah, they take him up to the clubhouse. He sees a mask and he's like, scary. He's all sad. Yeah, but, but he also also sees the older sister. Takes a picture of her. Accidentally, he has no idea. means that there's a camera set up to be taking pictures. Yeah, that's, that's Rudy that's doing that. Uh-huh, yeah. but yes, Frankenstein will accidentally take it. And the little sister has been teaching him to talk just like, Bogus. Just like Drew Barrymore in E.T. E. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, and he goes, bogus. 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 There's also a scene that we see with all of them walking, and it's kind of like sunset, and they're walking through the street, and they're all in silhouette. It's very E.T. Yes. So they end up just like convincing Frankenstein to be on their side by being his friend. Yes. And that's all that there is to it. He's a, he is a simple, gentle soul. So, meanwhile, Dracula is about to find the amulet in all of its laser glory. Uh-huh. By searching this gothic house. And he will maniacally say, there is no one to stop us, which then starts a really bad montage of them getting ready to fight the monsters. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. The best part is the badass junior high kid. He does some pretty funny things. He makes a lot of stuff in shop class. Oh, yeah. Which uh-huh. is fun. He makes steaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the silver bullets. Yes. But the music is so bad. Rock till you drop or something like that. Rock until you drop. There's a kid, and the kid who saw the mummy in his room earlier will send a letter, and it's really fucking lame. And it's like, oh yeah, army. This is how you know it's a kids movie. Absolutely. Yeah. However, that does pay off at the end, and uh-huh. I kind of like the ending <laughs> part. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> it's, it's very kids movie. Yes, you could see this being a cartoon, right? Like a like a cartoon special where oh, it's the Monster Squad, you know? But they made it a live action movie instead. I would like to point out that they make a fucked up joke here that they used the mother's nice silver for those silver bullets. Yes, and they leave some behind. Oh my God. You think that's a fucked up joke? I would be so mad. <laughs> the fact that they didn't take it all is, I think, what gets me. <laughs> my silver came from my grandparents. I would be very upset if my children took it. Yes, fair, fair enough. So by this point, the you know during the day, the werewolf turns back into the man and so he has to do something with it. The man is a lucid man, hates the fact that he's a werewolf, and so he drugs him and ties him up. But he only pretended to take the drugs. But he, Yeah, but he was going to give him a lethal dose. Like, Yeah. Also... Well, enough to kill him, so then when the full moon came out, he would turn into a werewolf and be resurrected again. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly what they meant, and that's exactly how kids are going to take it. No, that is exactly what they meant. The whole point, we saw him earlier, he died as a human, and then the full moon comes out and he changes. That's what oh, happens. Oh, I see. He, the man is no good to Dracula when he's not the wolfman. Well, but so meanwhile, the, Dracula has these three ladies. And yes, he, uh, he gets like high school girls or something like that. But they're dressed really weird. 
like all like 1800s y. He puts them in like negligees. Well, because that's the the trope of Dracula's brides. Hmm. They're the young women that he turns wearing nightgowns. But yeah, the werewolf doesn't actually take the pills. And so he runs out and calls the guy. But see, that doesn't make sense because he changes. The detective. He. He changes changes during the phone call. Yeah, because the moon's coming out. He needs to get to the phone. He didn't die because he didn't take the pills. Right. So, but why would Dracula have him take the pills so close to nighttime? Oh, we don't know how long it's been. (laughs) It took him all day to get to the phone. Well, he's already acting drugged, you know? So. Uh Oh, I see. We don't know when he gave him the pills. (laughs) That's right. But anyway, yes, he makes a call and he calls Sean's dad. And tries to warn him, yes, I am really the Wolfman. Dracula is coming. You got to stop him. And the guy's like, God, what is this nonsense? What's going on with people all, the, all over the place? But he lets drop, your son's in danger. Yeah, he's, he's going gonna to kill, kill your, your son. son. And that kind of registers with the dad who we get this like, yeah, the marriage isn't that hot, but this dad loves his son. They, there's a, a scene that's really cute when they go up to the roof and they watch a drive-in movie that's right near their house. Mm-hmm. So they sit on the roof and watch it from there and they the turn mo- their radio. God, uh, Groundhog Day 12. Yeah. It's really cute that they do that. Day. Oh, the best part's coming up and they're sharing a Coke and yeah, it's it's. Sometimes they'll have to completely make him explode and then bring him back together. Oh, they did that in whatever number and I'm yeah. pretty sure that that's a cold call out to... Jason, had they done that yet? Had they blown him up? Don't they blow Jason up and then they bring him back in the next movie? That happens uh, like (laughs) the military shows up (laughs) and they got all these floodlights on him and they just open fire and just destroy him. And at the end of the movie, like the the post-credit stinger or something like that is Freddy's hand coming up and pulling the mask underground. And that was supposed to, I can't remember which one that is. Is that goes to hell? We'll get there. We'll cover that. But my point is, yeah. if it had already come out. No, I don't think it. I think that was the 90s. Oh. I think so. So Jason was like, we're going to do that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the point is all these guys that are supposed to be dead by the end of the first one or the second one or whatever. And they always find ways to bring them back miraculously to be threats again. Always. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Child's Play 2 got it right until they didn't. (laughs) They got it right until they didn't. They had a good reason to bring him back, and then they had no reason to not destroy him again. Yes, uh uh-huh. Yeah, it's a bummer. So during this call, we get the second Wolfman transformation, which I also thought was pretty good. It's transformations go. They did a pretty good job with him. In preparation, they also know as part of this ceremony that they learned about in the journal, they need a virgin to read all this stuff. Now, they're never explicit about it being a virgin girl, but it just needs to be a virgin. It's implied that it's a virgin girl. It's not that it's implied. It's that when we consider virginity... Yes, we consider it the purity of a woman. We consider females. 100%. Which is why Hocus Pocus is so great. Because they talk about how the dude... They talk about virginity the entire film. Uh Uh-huh. And they are talking about a dude the entire time. Uh Yeah, so this one doesn't do that. It It does a different swerve. And beforehand, there will be a swerve. Be prepared. 
So they get the older sister who is, I think, her, is her name Emily? Probably. They convince her to reveal that she is, in fact, a virgin, but she's not willing to do anything for them. Like, why would she? They blackmail her with the photograph that Frankenstein took, which earlier we saw Frankenstein holding up higher than they were all trying to jump and reach for it. So totally fucked up. They get her to go along with this. And the scary German guy is teaching her to read this script. Right. But she needs to learn it like right away. Meanwhile, the squad is going to this house. They don't realize it, but Dracula has already set up dynamite in the basement to blow through the wall to get to this amulet. And he's elsewhere, but he has the plunger. And as soon as they come in, he sets off the plunger. It's so sad. And it shakes the foundations of the house. Frankenstein protects them and ends up having the ceiling fall on top of him. Mm-hmm. And he's covered and there's nothing that they can do. And Sean gives this whole speech about how he gave his life for us so we can do this. <laughs> it's our time. Down here. Yeah. And so, yeah, they need to leave Frankenstein behind. This is when we get our kick him in the nards moment. Yes. Where the wolfman is standing between Sean and Horace. And Sean tells him to kick him in the nards, kick him in the nards. Kick him in the nards! Kick him in the nards! Do it, do it! And so he kicks him. <laughs> Nard. Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> That's the moment that stuck with every young boy who watched this movie. A lever gets pulled and they fall down somewhere and they go into the room to grab the amulet because Dracula couldn't go in for whatever reason. And so this was all a setup. Well, they just get there before him, I think. No, I think this was all a setup for them to go in and get it. Because oh. he couldn't get in. Oh, interesting. Something like that. But as Dracula's about to get the amulet. Well, he he grabs Sean and he's going to take it from him. Horace uses the pizza that he has on him. Garlic pizza. <laughs> yes, with garlic and, and burns Dracula's face <laughs> and stops him from getting it. It's cute, Kelsey. <laughs> But of course, yes, fat kid has the food that saves them. Yes. I mean, look, okay, I'm not, I, I totally get that in The Goonies, Chunk is the fat kid. And yes, and he's named Chunk, Chunk is not yes. a good name. He does the, the, the truffle, truffle shuffle. shuffle. Yeah. I understand. I guess it just seems more offensive to just straight, just straight up, up call, call him fat, fat kid. kid. It yeah, just uh-huh. seems like. Well, the thing is, is back then, and maybe I assume even now, like, that's how people were identified. If you were the fat kid in your class, people would refer to you as the fat kid. Like, right, oh, we don't want the fat kid on our face. team. And then you you take it back and you recapture it as a term of endearment. No, okay, I'm not I'm not legitimately defending this, don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up to call your friend the fat kid. But okay, I don't know how to defend the Goonies for its treatment of chunk other than to say it's lovable. Yeah. I don't know that that's a great defense. <laughs> yeah. But also, Chunk has f- a lot of flaws. Uh-huh. <laughs> he lies all the time. Uh-huh. He exaggerates all the time. But he loves, and he loves deeply and true. <laughs> but yeah, my point my point is, is that Horace doesn't do anything bad. Yeah, he's just he a kid deserve- who gets kicked on yeah. all the time. Yes, totally. 
So they run away and they get picked up by scary German guy in his truck. And as they're running away, they're not so fast that they can get away from the slowest person in the entire group, so which dumb. is the mummy. And he jumps on with a stupid sound effect. Whee! Or whatever yeah, it is. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he, and he's, he's on the back of the truck and Rudy convinces Patrick to grab part of his cloth and he ties it to an arrow, shoots an arrow, sticks it into the tree. And so as they're driving away, the mummy's wraps are unraveling and i thought that effect was really really good because they had they had it solidified enough to where it held shape but it still came apart loosely and how then do you think they did that with you know probably some weak plasters and stuff whatever was operating as the mud and the dirt that was also coming off in dust was just like a really weak glue or whatever the adhesive was to make that shape so you know how like you know you do paper mache it's, it keeps its shape, but it's really actually kind of fragile. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's something along those lines. And then at the end, all that's left is just a skull with no jaw that collapses on the ground. Meanwhile. They drive right through a car. <laughs> the, the detective and his partner are, are speeding. And then they realize this hearse is going to drive right into them. And they brace for it. And it just passes incorporeally through them. Who? Dracula was so petty that he would blow up a kid's clubhouse just to be a dick. Yes. Oh, this Dracula is super petty. <laughs> and he knows that the kids aren't in there. He just wants yeah. to fuck with the kids. <laughs> and it's an anger. Just and to be a dick. Yes. It's not like, ha, 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 fucking with these kids. It's a, <laughs> no, fuck this kid. I'm going to destroy him and everything he loves. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why well, people found him so scary. Dracula fucking blows up the dad's partner. Yes. In the, in the car. So he has all this Straight dynamite. Up murders him. This like World War One dynamite or whatever. He throws it in the clubhouse, blows that up, crashes his hearse into their house. So when they show up and the dad gets out and pulls his gun on him, he magically lights the fuse with just his mind and then rolls it under the car and blows up the partner, killing the partner. Yeah. Like Jesus burnt to a crisp inside this car. Yeah. He tries to shoot at him. The dad does. Bullets go right through. Nobody cares, by the way, that his partner died. Oh, Nobody yeah. It's cares. not even commented on. But he was kind of a dick anyway. <laughs> Kept teasing him. <laughs> he deserved to die. Dracula will turn into a bat in front of... The kid's dad, right when the mom walks out. <laughs> yes, and so she sees that, and she's like, oh my god. Yes. And the dad will... Pick up the walkie-talkie and talk to his son that way, and find out that he's in the town square. Yeah, they're headed to the church, to... Not only is it a populous place, which I don't know why they would want people to be there, but... Also, it's a holy place, right? That's right. There's an old church in the town plaza. Perfect. Monsters hate religious stuff. So they go there to read the incantation, and the church is closed. <laughs> so they have no choice but to read it on the stoop. So scary German guy, Emily, Phoebe, and Patrick are all going to stick there at the stoop and read the incantation while the rest of the gang deals with the rest of the monsters. I absolutely love the kid from junior high here. He's a lot of fun. 
he is like smoking and drinking and Rudy, yeah. He's not afraid when Dracula's brides show up. They're like, Rudy, what are you doing? He's like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Time to kick some he, fucking ass. He kills Dracula's brides on the street. Meanwhile, the dad shows up at this place. Dracula's flying in as a bat. He shoots Dracula, who is, I guess, vulnerable as a bat. Yeah. And he falls into this warehouse upper story. The dad goes in to finish the job and he finds Dracula there sort of half transformed, which is a really cool creature effect. I thought it looked fantastic. You see it for like two seconds. I know. And they put a lot of effort into it. (laughs) But he can't do anything before the Wolfman shows up and attacks him. Sean shows up to help his dad and together they're able to shove the lit dynamite into the Wolfman's pants and push him out the window where he explodes in midair and falls in pieces onto the ground. That was just a person, by the way. Right. They had this whole argument earlier on in the movie about how there are two ways to kill the Wolfman and that was part of Rudy's test to get in the club. The first one was, is he... Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster? Frankenstein's monster, duh. What are the two ways you can kill a wolfman? Silver bullets, and he can't think of the second reason, and neither can they, they realize. That'll be important, because those body parts end up twitching and getting sucked back together, and he ends up reforming. Yes. On the street, Rudy will end up shooting him with the silver bullets that he made and realize that, ha, He was right. There is only one way to kill a wolfman. So finally the sister says it, but... The older sister. Where's Limbo? Yeah, Limbo isn't coming. This portal that's supposed to show up doesn't come. And they're like, oh my god, says Patrick. You're not a virgin, are you? Well, Steve doesn't count. Yeah, Steve doesn't count. Oh god, that's so good. It is so good. And when when they're trying to figure out who might be a virgin... Is it Eugene that tugs on Patrick's shirt or something like that and asks if Phoebe counts? The scary German man turns around and goes, oh, my God, that should work. It's a virgin girl. Doesn't say how old she has to be. So he ends up coaching her through saying this incantation. At some point in all of this hullabaloo, Horace ends up getting confronted by Gilman. He shoots him with a shotgun right in front of his bullies from school, and they think he's totally badass for that, and they call him Fat Kid, and he's like, my name's Horace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He has this sort of badass moment, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Hey, Fat Kid. Good job. My name is Horace. The little sister now is saying it, but as she is... Dracula comes up to her. He's been healed at this point because he went missing after Sean and his dad dealt with the Wolfman. By the time that was handled, Dracula's gone. Yeah. So he comes back and now he's approaching them as she's reading this incantation. So scary German guy tries to stop him, but he just throws him out of the way. Uh Uh-huh. Why he doesn't kill him, I don't know. Can't be bothered. (laughs) He's an insignificant gnat. But he goes up to the little girl and he picks her up by her chin. Yeah, he grabs his hand underneath the turn and lifts her up. Supposedly, I don't know which story is true, because some people say that Frankenstein and Dracula never broke character while they were on the set and in costume, so the kids could be afraid. Other people say that Phoebe was so afraid of Dracula that he refused. He didn't didn't refuse. He just wouldn't ever wear his contacts, like, around her. 
when he when he when he his eyes go red or his fangs or anything like that. So the first time she sees it is in this moment. Fred Decker coaches her. It's like, I need you to scream like you're terrified to scream your lungs out. And she goes, OK, sure. And she goes, when do you want me to do this? Because she's on like this lift that lifts her up. That's how they did that effect. Who knows if this is actually true, but he says, you'll know. Sure enough, this is the first time she saw him all decked out in his evil Dracula stuff with the red eyes and the fangs and everything like that. And that that scream's supposed to be real. They say that in every fucking movie. So, like, who knows if it's true or not? Well, he also calls her a bitch. He does call her a bitch. Give me the amulet, you bitch. What the fuck and why? Dracula's a petty dick. <laughs> Well, because she's trying to banish him, damn it. <laughs> but so Frankenstein shows up out of He's fucking still nowhere. Alive. And what does he do to Dracula? He he grabs him and takes him, like he forces him to drop her or whatever before he can actually attack her. <laughs> he goes bogus. <laughs> bogus. <laughs> bogus. Yeah, and then they get into a fight. She's able to finally finish the incantation and everything starts getting sucked up into limbo, into this portal. And as Dracula's being pulled in, he grabs onto Sean, who's out there now. And Sean's dad's like, no, because again, Dracula's fucking petty. If he's going to limbo, he's taking this little kid with him. Yes. And the dad's like, fuck that. No, you are not taking my son. And so they're all three of them are going into this and they try to grab onto things to stop them from going. And the one thing that finally pulls Dracula in, but not Sean and his dad, is that Van Helsing pops out of the portal and grabs Dracula, yanks him back, and as they're falling back into the portal, gives him a thumbs up. There's no reason. <laughs> there was no reason to include that. Should have just taken that out entirely. It's a silly... Like, I'm telling you, if you could see this as, like, an 80s kids cartoon, low budget on TV, like... 100% this would be in that. Well, Dracula definitely gives a Darth Vader no yeah. here. No! Limbo is just sucking up the most random shit. Including. Including. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Who yells out, bye, to the little girl. And she, she's she, so sad. She throws her doll out to him, scraps. Uh-huh. It's so sad. He grabs it and he's happy. Yeah. It's a sweet moment that he knows love. He sacrificed himself twice for these kids that were his Frankenstein's friends. monster will never have a happy ending. No. Never, never, never. Even when he goes to the North Pole, what what does he do in that movie? Well, at the end of and the It's because it's in the book, yeah. They go to the end of the Earth, Antarctica. Yeah. Because... South Pole, I guess. I forget. I think he, I think Frankenstein's monster killed Frankenstein's fiance or wife because he wouldn't give him a partner. So he said, fine, I'll take your partner. Imagine that Frankenstein played by Robert De Niro. What? In the movie Frankenstein from the 90s. Yeah. That is actually faithful to the book and shows all that. And depicts Frankenstein's monster like he normally is in the book, not like we know him from pop culture. That's Robert De Niro as Frankenstein. Holy shit. Yeah. 
How have I never seen this? We, we got to watch it for the show. Yes. When we watch uh, the original Frankenstein, we'll watch that with it. Unless you already have them paired off. Well, there's so many. There are a lot. Frankenstein yes. <laughs> movies. We'll have to figure out which ones we want to watch. So Honestly, as- I'm most excited for my favorite uh, old school monster who is not in this movie. Do you know? Thinking about old school monsters. So we have Dracula, the mummy, the wolfman, Gilman, Frankenstein. Who am I missing? Well, it's not the invisible man. Oh, right. Fucking the invisible man. Jesus. But who is it? What's yours? <laughs> Dr. Jekyll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Dr. Jekyll. All hell has broken loose and gone to limbo, apparently. And everything's fucked up, and nobody knows what's going on. Things are just wrapping up when all of a sudden the military shows up. Like, what the hell's going on around here? That was very cute, because the kids sent off the letter. So it pays off at the end, and that is really cute. Yeah. But that's it. And the movie ends, because Sean's like, we took care of it, because we're the monster squad. And everybody hugs, including Uh, the older sister. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Can somebody tell me what the Sam Hill is going on around here? Well, we can, sir. Who are you? We're the monster squad. End of movie. There was a remake planned as far back as 2008. I'm pretty surprised there wasn't a remake, but then again, I'm pretty surprised they haven't remade the fucking Goonies, and thank God. Yeah, really. But I When think they do that, everyone's going to be upset. I, that's, that's the <laughs> thing. I think Monster Squad is a little bit more safe, where everyone is vaguely aware of the Monster Squad, but they don't, it's not like some sort of national treasure like the Goonies is, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, they were going to remake it. As far back as 12 years ago, but in 2014, it, it was definitively announced that those plans were completely scrapped. So no idea if anything else is coming from that. So, Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? 56. 64. A fun 80s adventure with a slightly scary twist. The Monster Squad offers tween-friendly horror with just enough of a kick. Metacritic of 61. And cinema score still is not showing results. It's still being a son of a bitch. Hmm. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Maybe a little overrated. Overrated? Oh, no. Okay. What do you think? I'm going to give it a 55. Wow. I, I think it's a cute kids movie. Although it's got some fucked up stuff in it that they talk about. I'm like... Why do we need to talk about, like, a 16-year-old girl's virginity as if, like, like I just hate the fact that it's only females that yes. are virgins. It just really irked me. And the whole peeping Tom thing. And yes, then, lots and then of peeping Tom. blackmailing her with yes. nudes that she didn't even consent to. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the jokes Shit about- Shit did not age well. About gay people. And it's just, no. Yeah. I, I didn't enjoy all that. And- Calling a little girl a bitch seems just like... I thought that that was actually kind of fun. Very off-putting. Because I, obviously she's not, like, a bitch. And I know that, but it's the a awful, weird terrible thing. villain. It's just a weird joke. I, I don't know. I was and, fine with that one. But I'm not a woman, so what can I say? <laughs> I don't know. There is a lot of... I do not mind, if you don't know this by now, I do not mind kids' movies that are dark. I love dark kids' movies. 
But this didn't do that. This didn't. It wasn't dark. It's so not much a as dark. It was edgy. It's just a kids movie that uh-huh. has some a random young like like eighteen year old shit going on in it. I'm like, why is this here? Do you remember what Rambo was about? I've never seen it. Okay, Rambo is about a man who comes back to town after the war, and he has post traumatic stress, and he's homeless and he's wandering around town, and the cops try to kick him out of town. And so it's a war between this man and the cops and the cops try to kill him. He tries to kill the cops. And the original story is supposed to end in his suicide. And they ended up changing that. (laughs) Uh, But he ends up getting arrested. And that's what that, that's what the original movie is about. And there's this scene at the end where he is like, crying, breaking down in tears over what was what was going on in the war and how they trained him to be a soldier, but they never trained him to come back and all this stuff. Robocop, where a man gets all of his limbs blown apart on camera in front of us, is incredibly bloody. So many bullets into people's bodies. That dude's face, when he gets all the toxic sludge all over him and everything, like, fucking hell, those movies were marketed to children. That's how the 80s were. (laughs) That's just how the 80s were. (laughs) Anyway, I will give it a 75. I'm sure that a lot of that is from my own nostalgia. It's sense of place and the sort of novelty horror from the 80s. You know, like, I'm sure that that's influencing my rating. But I think this definitely could have been better. I think this is a major step back from Night of the Creeps. So I'm very, I was just surprised. I had high expect. I mean, okay, I didn't have high expectations because I knew it was a kids movie. But like because it was made by that, I, I, I was expecting more. I had a higher standard than this. Fred Decker would team up with Shane Black again, in writing The New Predator, the one from 2018, uh, which again is interesting because Shane Black was in the first Predator, but he did not write it. Haven't seen that one. I saw Predators, and I thought that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Never seen a single one. Oh my god. Seen parts from various ones. You've never seen him, the Predator fight Danny Glover in the city? No. That's Predator 2. Oh. So that is the Monster Squad. 20 points apart on this one. Yep. And that's almost exactly in the middle of our two scores. 64, not 65, but pretty dang close. Before we get into our next movie, Kelsey, horror trivia. Subjects believe they are part of a study on insomnia. (laughs) And end up being terrorized by a ghost in what 1999 film? The Haunting. <laughs> I took out Ukraine to make it harder for <laughs> To me. make it harder. <laughs> so say subjects think they're being tested for it. I'm like, okay, that's The Haunting. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Kelsey, Attack the Block. Stars one, John Boyega, who would later become sci-fi icon Finn. <laughs> From Star Wars. From Star Wars, yes. Jodie Whittaker 
will also, and currently does have, the honor of playing a very important role in a huge sci-fi television series. Can you name that series? I know I've seen her. Mm -hmm. You've probably seen her in promotional materials. Oh, so I've never seen the show. You've seen the show. You've never seen her in the show. We are not big fans of it. And it's on now. Currently, it's a TV show yes. now. Yes. We watched it probably 10 years ago. And yes, it is still on. A sci-fi show that we tried watching 10 years ago that's still on and we didn't like it? Uh-huh. Oh, that show's been on since it was in black and white. Oh, Doctor Who. She is the new Doctor. No shit. Uh-huh. Good for the her. The first female Doctor, yeah. Good for her. We liked that well, one season. Well, first in quotes, they did a special where What's-Her-Face was... Okay, anyway. <laughs> we we watched that first season, yes, where... I liked that season with the dude from... Uh, 28 Days Later and... Uh, yeah. The leftovers and why can't I think of his name? And it's really he always him. plays a dick. He does, and he was a dick doctor too. <laughs> and, but it was really good, and we just never watched past he's his great. season. We just he's never a watched great past his actor. He always plays a dick though. Love him, love him, love him. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the leftovers. If you haven't, you need to watch it. It is you by get to far see his hog. <laughs> it is by far uh, the best TV show uh, in years. I would say it is the best movie. It is one of the best TV shows that nobody watched. Yes, but only the first two seasons. Not I, the third. I actually really liked the third season. Because Chris is dumb. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Eccleston is the guy we're talking about, by the way. Yes, but. <laughs> he was the first of the modern Doctors. But if you watch the show, okay, you're going to notice that every episode that focuses on him. Oh, just the worst shit happens just, to him. The it's the most depressing thing. Just ev he gets an episode a season <laughs> and every time just the worst fucking shit happens to this guy. He cannot catch a break and you hate it so much. Okay, so you end up <laughs> loving him as a character, but you also hate him. Like, he's a dick. Like, he's a dick. And I don't... Uh, he's mm. a judgmental dick. Yeah, sure, yeah. But you still you love, love him. him, And yeah. you feel so bad for him. You feel really bad for him. It's I'm... a Met, Met, Met world. <laughs> That's what the name of his episode is in the second one, where, <laughs> where shit goes real south for him. In the second season? It's terrible that we're laughing about it, but... Is that that's that's the episode where you get to see his dong? Do we? I don't remember that. Yeah, he strips down naked and gets in the stocks. Oh, the, no, that's the third season. That's the second season. Is that the second? Yeah, season? where they're outside that town in Texas and everyone's trying to get in. You're right. Yeah. Is he in the third season? Oh yes, because yeah, he, he goes nuts and thinks that he is the second Jesus. Oh, I don't remember that. Remember, he like fully buys into it and wants to write about him. Oh, right. As yes. if he's the second yes, Jesus. Yes, he writes his own Bible. You guys need to watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. Anyway, Christopher Eccleston was Doctor Who. And he was now great. played Now played by Jodie Whittaker, who was also in Attack the Block. It was a good show. So let's talk about Attack the Block, Not shall we? Show. From 2011, written and directed by Joe Cornish, starring John Boyega, Jodie Whittaker, Alex Esmail, Luke Treadaway, and Nick Frost. What is Attack the Block about? 
A group of hoodlums encounter an alien, and that prompts an invasion. And they got to deal with it. They got to protect their turf. Yes. Because for whatever reason, it all seems very localized. Yeah. Very true. You can watch the movie with a subscription to Fubo TV or again DirecTV. You can watch it with ads again with Pluto TV, which we started watching it that way. I'd never watched anything on Pluto TV. If you remember, The Monster Squad is also available on Pluto TV with ads. We were watching it and I'm like, this is like substandard definition quality. Like I thought maybe it was our internet. Like something was wrong with our internet and I don't know what. And then so uh, however many minutes in, we get our first commercial. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm not dealing with bad quality and commercials. And so I go to iTunes because we're watching it on my Apple TV. And I search for it. And it turns out I already owned it. The dork. On on iTunes. <laughs> so we watched that version in crystal clear quality. <laughs> yes. So maybe avoid Pluto TV. I don't know. Mm. But if you want to watch it for free, you can watch it there. <laughs> you can rent it for 3 to $4 on most services and buy it for 13 again, on most services. Should people watch Attack the Block? Yes. Yeah. I like it a lot. Very different from what I remembered. Not in, like, plot or, or anything. Some but, plot elements are different than you remembered. But, like, there, there's just, like, specific things that I thought happened that did not happen. Which was weird. But I, yeah. I still like it. I like that the movie centers around what would ostensibly be bad guy characters. But it's represented with heart. Apparently, Joe Cornish was mugged by some teenagers in South London. He thought that they looked just as, if not more, scared than he was. And that, like, fascinated him. So he looked into that, like, you know, teenage thug London culture from you know, the poor parts of the city. And he did a lot of research into it and ended up using that as the basis for this show where you have these thug characters who do bad things and you wouldn't like in any other movie. And it treats them with care, I thought. Well, it just lets you see that they are real people. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, they're not stereotypes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know... That if I ever do get mugged, that that's a person. That's a person who has a life, has people that care about them, probably has people who are, like, wait, like, are worried about them, probably has people that need them. You know what? I don't care. You fucking mugged me. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. But this this doesn't just go, oh, they're crooks and writes them off. Like, it interrogates what makes their life that way. And why it says, wow, these people make really bad decisions. And it has other people tell them that they make bad decisions. So it's not like they're just like, oh, the society made them this way. No, they did make bad decisions, but they were put in a place where the bad decisions seemed like the best ones. Yes. And I, I thought totally that that was that. that was a really great perspective that this movie has on the whole thing. And you really love these kids by the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would highly recommend you watch this movie. I think it's it's a low-budget film. Yes. And I thought they did incredible work with this low budget. You'll notice things like, wow, the streets seem oddly empty. You know, like stuff like that that you'll <laughs> notice. You can tell 
they're filming in areas that they can get probably on the cheap and sets that they can probably build really cheap. And but they put a lot monsters of, that are very simplistic. Yes, but incredibly well pulled off, I thought, because <laughs> because those, they're simplistic. <laughs> those monsters are actual dudes in actual suits. Really? They really glowed. They did use CG. But as enhancements, like it made the black pure black to where you couldn't even see any shadow that was accomplished with CG. But all the movement and everything, it's just dudes in suits. I thought that that was incredibly these monsters should be iconic. These are incredible designs and they're so simple. They're just really simple designs. And I think it looks incredible and I love it. And I think you guys should watch this movie. And Kelsey, you think they should as well? Yes, I like it a lot. So you can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 2011's Attack the Block. Yo, check it. Lovely fireworks. Mommy's an invasion. Of course it is. Let's get to the blood! Quite sweet, really, aren't they? Mother's Thinking probably aliens. We need to get off the streets. Back in the block. Got no credit. Got one text left. There's too much madness to explain in one text. We have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. Attack the Block in cinemas May 11. Kelsey, can you get us started on Attack the Block? So it starts on what I assume is Guy Fawkes Day? It is. Guy Fawkes Night. Guy Fawkes Night. Bonfire Night. Bonfire Night, yes. It's remember, like, remember, the 5th of November, yeah. It's like their version of... 4th of July? 4th of July. I, I don't know. I hesitate to make comparisons there. because Well, only in that they do fireworks. Yes, yeah. So there's fireworks going off everywhere in London, and we meet Sam, played by Jodie Whittaker. And she is on the phone with, I think, her mom or somebody, but it doesn't really matter. As she's on the phone, she gets mugged by a group of teenagers who all have, like, masks, masks over their faces. And stuff like that, yeah. The main guy is... John Boyega. Yes. Also who, known as Moses in this movie. Who we all know as Finn, but yes, yeah. Moses. And he is robbing her and, like, he tries to grab... I think she's trying to get her, her ring off her finger. He tries to grab it and she ends up getting pushed down. But during this scuffle, something comes crashing down into a car next to them. And because that distracts them, she runs away. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And Moses looks in the car because he wants to see if there's anything worth taking. Right. The windows are all broken. You might as well reach in and grab what you can. Yes, but he doesn't realize that there is an alien in there. And it kind of scratches his face and then just runs away. And <laughs> Moses decides to prove himself in front of his friends. And, well, I'm going to kill that. Just you watch. Yeah. I'm chasing that down. I'm killing that. Watch. So they all go after it, and it runs into, like, a shed uh -huh. type thing. And one of them pulls out a firecracker or whatever and throws it in to scare it out. And it does, and they end up killing it because it's only one and it's small. Yeah, he goes into this smoky shed and beats the shit out of it with, like, a baseball bat or something like that. And they all realize this was an alien, right? But hey, it landed in the wrong place because nobody fucks with the block. That's what they call... That's what they call specifically their complex. Yes. Which takes up like a whole city block. Okay. So poor Sam gets seen by an old lady and she kindly walks her home. 
And she's like, have you called the police? And also she- people that live in and around the area. Yes, they... She lives there. The old lady lives around there. It's kind of just, it's trying to say that, like, listen, just because you live someplace doesn't make you shitty like the people that mugged her. Exactly. Yeah. And the old lady will say to her, have you called the police? And Sam says, I did, but I doubt they'll even talk to me because they say it's the busiest night of the year. And the lady will say, pardon my French, but they're fucking monsters. Uh Now they walk around with knives as if they don't care about authority. And it's just so funny because in America, they walk around with guns. Uh (laughs) So we're starting to get to know these characters. And one of the kids is on the phone with his mom, who really wants him to be home by 10. Yeah, I think that's Biggs. Biggs, okay. And one of the other ones is going through her... Sam's bag, and he's like, oh, you mugged a a nurse. Yeah. Why are we mugging poor people? They don't have anything worth taking. And they come across this group of girls who will become important. Moses and all the boys brag about having killed the alien, and one of them is very impressed. She's like, Moses, he scratched you and then you killed it? And she gives him kind of a look like, Mm -hmm. I approve. (laughs) Meanwhile, so they are... They're making their way up to the top of the block, up to the, I guess, what they would call the penthouse. (laughs) And before they get to the elevator, we get to meet Bruis, who is a white boy who loves the Rasta culture. Yes. And when we first meet him, he's listening to, whoop, whoop, that's That's the sound sound of of the police, police. whoop, whoop, that's That's the sound sound of of the beast. (laughs) And he's listening to that, and when the guys come up next to him, he very quickly puts it away and, like, hides it because he's embarrassed to be listening to that music. He thinks they're going to kick his ass Uh for listening to it because he's a white guy. Reminds me very much of Office Space. Oh, yeah. When when he turns the the music down. Yeah. He turns it down on the freeway. (laughs) So they... They're waiting for the elevator <laughs> next to each other, and he's trying to be cool. They don't really care about him, honestly. And then when the doors open, they walk right by him, and some of them kind of mug him. Like, mean mug him. Like, no, I don't mean, like, <laughs> No, they take don't mug stuff. him. He's a, no. he's a customer. They, okay. give him, they give him faces, you know? And then he's like, I guess I'll take the next one. He's very much intimidated by them. But... Also, he knows they're not going to fuck with him because he's... Well, yeah, but he wants to be, he wants to be cool. Yes, yes. We do find out that Sam does meet with the cops, and they tell they take her on a ride along. They're like, come with us, and we'll just search through the streets and see if we can mm-hmm. find them. She is able to specifically identify the leader by his black hat with a red rim, which yes. is what Moses wears. Yes. So upstairs in the penthouse, what is his name from the Shaun of the Dead movie? Nick Frost. Nick Frost is there. He plays Ron. His name's just fucking Ron. And he's looking at this alien, and he's just like, it's definitely extraterrestrial (laughs) in nature. Yeah. But he says it smells really bad, and they're all wondering what to do with it. And, like, one of them's like, we have to get an agent one is like we got to call up the feds, you know. All yeah, these they're talking things. about the different newspapers. No, that's a disreputable newspaper. You got to call the Guardian, and they're like, "No, we got to take it to the cops. The cops will just take it from us." <laughs> like, so they're trying to figure out how best to capitalize on this, but they realize that they have something that might be valuable to them. So they ask Ron, "Hey, can we keep it in the weed room?" And Ron's like, 
well, that's Hi-Hat's call to make. So Hi-Hat's is the drug dealer that owns this place that Ron operates out of. And he's in the back with his bodyguard friend guy. And Ron is going to take Moses back to talk to Hi-Hat's. And Hi-Hat's is listening to his own rap music. Yes. (laughs) Which he will say the lyrics of to... And Moses has a great look on his face, but he says, serious. (laughs) The slang in this movie is so good. Yo, Moses, hear my beats. Yes, that's my new trick. Get that switch. Get the shrine. Serious, like so good. We only have to ass- we have to assume that it's real. We don't know because we don't talk. Like I know that. a lot of it is, but uh, I mean, I I guess I trust the writer director in this case. <laughs> and yes, he does say you can keep it here. I don't care about that. What I want to talk to you about is more serious. And he's now moving him up. So Moses dabbled in selling weed, not much, but here mm-hmm. and there. Well, I'm going to promote you. Now you're going to sell coke for me. Uh-huh. It gives him a lot of coke to sell. All the, when he come he's he's all straight-faced when he talks to him, but when he comes out they're all like, "Ah, he got the job." Yeah. And he's all like, "Yeah." Uh-huh. I'm moving up the ranks. Mhm. But as they're talking about this, as they're all getting high and they're happy, what do they see out the window? More shit falling from the sky and a lot more shit. More of them tings. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so good, Kelsey. <laughs> Yo, check it. What, Ruff? More. More what? Them things. They realize, oh, and they'll call them a bunch of different words. One of them is, a. they say, more gremlins. Yes. Uh, some of them say, hobgoblins. <laughs> yeah, they say the first one looks like Dobby the house elf. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> more of them nasty little gremlins. Aye, it's raining columns. Bear creatures. And they're like, let's go kill him. It's an alien invasion. And the two white guys are just like, what? Because <laughs> they're all stoned. Yeah. So they don't get what's going on. Well, and they figure it's just more of those things that Moses by himself beat the shit out of. Yes. So they could take him. Let's do it. So they all disperse to go home and get weapons. <laughs> That's so good. It's, I love this part. It is a fun little thing. One of them basically has a machete. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a little machete, like a little mini machete. (laughs) And one walks in to his house and his grandmother's there and he suddenly has a limp. Yes. And she's like, wait a minute. He didn't he didn't have a limp before. Yeah. She's like, what happened? He's like, oh, I heard it during playing football. She goes, "Okay." And it's because he's going to go into his room and put a baseball bat down his leg. The fucking foresight. Yes. So he can't use his knee, so he has a limp on the way out, too. Yes. So good. It's very good. However, do British people play baseball? I assume so. You can play cricket here. Yeah. And I imagine baseball is bigger. Baseball is a bigger international sport. Huh. I imagine baseball is probably to Europe what soccer is to America, where it's absolutely it's like the fifth or sixth most popular sport. But people know it; they're aware of it. Like <laughs> people play it a lot, so I imagine it's something like that. But I don't know for certain. Yeah, and, and another one of them call them golems. Let's go get them golems. Yeah, <laughs> they've all got bikes. Uh, I think one of them has like a motorbike. Like at least two of them have these like mopeds. 
And there's these two little boys who desperately want to be in their gang, who are always running after them. They want they want to be called Probs and Mayhem. Yeah, these but, kids are so fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, they ignore them, but they keep following them around everywhere. And so they follow after the, the, the group of boys who are going to go after the aliens. It's cute. At one point, one of them says, we got to get them all. And the other one goes, this ain't Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> you got to take them all out. You've got to catch them all. Calm down, pigs. This ain't Pokemon. But when they find more of them, they realize they're bigger. They're bigger. They're dark. And their eyes glow. And then somebody says, I don't think that's its eyes. And then it opens its mouth. What we realize is that the things that we thought were their glowing eyes were actually these luminescent teeth. Yes. It has multiple rows of teeth inside of its mouth. And it is so dark that it is just black and you can't see any shadow in it. Yes. These monsters, somebody said, and I have to assume it's accurate because it looks that way, are designed after the aliens from Space Invaders. So think about Space Invaders. What do you know about Space Invaders, Kelsey? I literally don't know what that is. So, oh my god. I mean, like, I know it's a game. Yeah, it's a it's an arcade game originally, where it's the one where you're the spaceship at the bottom and you move from left That's to right. That's what I was wondering. All the ones coming but there down weren't any the aliens in it. Yeah, there were spaceships, but no actual aliens. Here, I'm going to text you this. But they did have aliens depicted on the cabinets. You tell me if you see it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there are these big completely blacked out and hairy looking monsters with larger upper bodies. Now the ones we see walk on fours, but these ones here on the cabinet are on their, their hind legs and they have just glowing eyes. They're the only accent to them. And that's what these guys look like. Yeah, they do look like them, but before they actually see them, but they know they're, they're in trouble. One of them goes, I want to go home and play FIFA. Yeah. Which later... Somebody will call back to that. We should have just stayed home and played FIFA. Yes. FIFA is so fucking huge. As somebody who used to sell video games for a living, ran my own store and all that, like, FIFA is huge every single year, and it's even bigger in Europe. I mean, you would think, right? Because fucking soccer. Of course, we live in Southern California, so it's probably not as big like in the Midwest and stuff like that, but soccer is a pretty big cultural thing down here. Right now, I feel like going home, locking my door, and playing FIFA. One of them loses their dog to oh, these aliens. so sad. And so yes. he wants revenge. Yes. And now that, that once they see them, they, they book it. And the two little kids are like, wait, where are you going now? <laughs> and They're like, run, run! They... The boys survive. They're fine. But when they are booking it away, the cops see them. Yeah. So first they're getting chased after by the aliens. Now they're getting chased after by the cops. And they end up pinpointing Moses due to Sam's description. Yes. And they, they grab him and they've got him for robbery. He now has all that coke on him. They handcuff him. He has all of her stuff on him. Mhm. So they're they're putting him in handcuffs and Moses just says, "Get me in that van now." Yeah. Cuz he knows what's coming for them. And when they're when the cops are talking to her and they're like, "Are you sure it's him?" She goes, "Yeah, and you know the rest are right up there, right?" Yeah, on this overpass. You yeah. can see all of them looking over the side, but on for this, whatever like, elevated reason, walkway, yeah, yeah. But before the cops can do anything about the boys up there, they mm -hmm. get attacked. No sooner do they shove 
Moses in the back of the van, then one gets attacked from the side, you know, one of those, whoosh, whoa, God, where'd he go? And then uh, there's blood all over the the window there. And then the driver guy, he gets attacked. And so they're like totally fucked. And it's one's walking on the roof. And so the kids up on the walkway are like, we have to help Moses out. And they end up lighting one of their biggest fireworks, this big round one that they that they toss it slides underneath the van and it just goes off and it scares off these aliens somehow it doesn't make the car explode well it wouldn't like i said cars explode way too easily in movies and shit like that but wouldn't it catch fire it depends it has fuel in it yes inside there are safety laws that require cars to be built in such a way where they don't just fucking explode (laughs) i think that's why like VWs had to be remanufactured because most collisions are rear ends involve a rear ending. And so you got your engine in the back and these things would catch fire. So yeah, there are, there are safety laws that prevent them to be built in such a way where they just explode as soon as they get in contact with fire. And the way fire works, it's basically metal that's burning. It's a powder. I mean, I've seen a car catch up that fire burns. From, a, from a firework. It can. Before. Yeah. But it depends on what underneath the undercarriage of a car is all like, steel and shit like that and and fiberglass and like stuff that doesn't catch on fire easy if you get inside a car that's something different but yeah if if there's no gas leaking or anything there's no reason that it would would, it it would set fire but this this uh powder burns bright and fast well so that scares the alien off so one of them or it scares the alien and one of them goes down there with a katana he ends up getting moses out of the back and they take the the cop the the cop car, and the the other boys say, "Meet us at the garage, so where they keep all their stuff." Yeah, so it's basically a storage facility underneath the block that, you know, it's where you would keep your car if you lived there. And but it but it works just like any other storage facility you might see with the rolling door and all that. We also then find out that the car that got destroyed earlier. <laughs> Was Bruce's? Was Bruce's And it's his car. dad. It's his dad's So he car. flips out because he's super high when he goes down to it. <laughs> and he calls back to Ron, and Ron eventually tells him to come back up, and they'll they'll figure it out. Because they're realizing that shit might, get, might yeah. be real. <laughs> so while they're driving to the garage, they're coming in just as Hi-Hats is coming out. And they just head-on collision. Boom! And Hi-Hats is pissed. Well, also... Sam is getting out of is getting out of the car before he before Hi Hats shows up, and Moses goes, "You know, thank us for saving your life." And she goes, "My fucking heroes, yeah, uh-huh. like what a little punk." <laughs> like Chris asked me, he's like, "Is this what kids are like?" I was like, "Exactly, this is exactly." No, I didn't ask you if that. Like, I I definitely believe it. I'm like, this is what your kids are like, aren't isn't it? Like they're just. They have to, they have this outer shell that they have to show everybody. I'm so cool and I'm so disaffected. It's just like, uh it's such bullshit. It's so irritating to deal with. So he gets out and he points the gun at them and he's like, what the fuck? And Moses, or one of the guys gets out and he just starts telling him about all the shit that's happening. The aliens and all this stuff. And he's like, we're running for our, for our lives. Believe. Yes. That <laughs> and, is, that is pest. Yeah. And Hi-Hats is just like, what? <laughs> Say aliens again. Say it again. Because he gets so I dare mad. you, motherfucker. <laughs> he gets really, really mad at the idea that aliens are there. Because that would be a scary thing to have to deal with. Well, also, he doesn't really know anything about this. He thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
yeah. Like, you know, they're trying to get out of the fact that they smashed up his car. Oh, this bad creature's chasing us. Big alien gorilla wolf motherfuckers, I swear. Some creature fell from out of space and jumped Moses, so we bored it. And now his prison have come down in force blood. Then Moses got shipped by the feds and then things attacked the bully van and savaged the bluefoot, so we jacked the van. We're running for our lives now, cuz. Believe. Listen to me, cuz. I'm not even lying. If we was making it up, don't you think we'd make up something a bit better than aliens? See that word one more time. I told you, bruv. And, and one of them goes, don't you think we'd make up something better than aliens? <laughs> but that's when something comes up behind them. And Hi-Hats tells his bodyguard to go check it out. Dead. Yes. <laughs> and so now they know that it's serious. But Hi-Hats shoots it. Yeah. By the way, only one with a gun in the movie. Like an actual real gun. The rest of them take off and Hi-Hats is pissed, but he's also like, oh shit, this is real. Uh-huh. But he plans to kill Moses when he sees him next time. Yes. So when they get to the to the garage and they get all their shit, I love it. At one point, one of them goes, it's all of that 28 Days Later shit. Uh-huh. I told you, man. Alien invasion, London wise, for real. I knew it from the start. Them vans got checker beacons. Police are gonna be here any minute. We're fucked. When the feds find them bodies, that van, we are fucked. No, because if it's happening all over, then the police are gonna be too busy tonight, you get me? National emergency, army on the streets, helicopters, all that 28 days later shit. But yes, now they've got their motorbikes, except for one kid still is on his regular bike, and one kid still doesn't have shit and has to get on the back of that kid's bike. Yeah. And he's like, pedal, pedal, pedal. I think the reason they end up catching Moses, the cops, in the first place is because that dude jumps off the bike and Moses loses balance and falls, and then they're able to scoop him up. Yes, exactly. And so, but yeah, now the cops are after them again. So they're chasing after them, and but the one who doesn't have a bike or anything, again, he gets taken off the bike, and he ends up, earlier he made a joke about doing a, a jump, a really far jump. Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. And now so he, he had to do, to do that. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he survives it. Good for him. So then we get a, a bit of a chase scene, and it was pretty well done, uh-huh. I thought, especially since this movie clearly didn't have a huge budget. Uh-huh. I thought they did a very good job with it. But also, the aliens are also still after them. So, one of the kids, I think it's Pest, gets bit, but he ends up hitting the alien with his bat. Uh Uh-huh. So, he's able to get away. That's when they're trying to get back into the block. But we should probably point out that Biggs has jumped in a dumpster. Yes, because he got separated from them. Uh Uh-huh. And he's going to stay in this dumpster for most of the movie. Yes. And he's surrounded by (laughs) these things. Yes. So they all end up just happening to get get on the same floor as Sam is as she's getting into her apartment. Uh And they're like, oh, shit. And they go for her apartment. She's like, no. And she tries to kick them out, but they get in. Yeah, and they have to assure her that... Hey, this isn't about you. We just need to get in some place. Well, she comes out with her guitar. And she's yeah. like, get out of my flat. And they're just like, get the fuck. We don't care. I love how one of them is like, this is too much to- madness to explain one text. <laughs> this, is a, this is a growing concern throughout the movie is that uh, having enough credit. So all their cell phones are all prepaid. And so they only have so many text messages and so many call minutes. And... The only one who has any minutes is Biggs. <laughs> Good thing. And so they end up getting a hold of him and like, you need to call 
everybody and <laughs> let them know what's going on because you're the only one with any minutes. And he's like, well, I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> and the one who's been bit is like, I know she's a nurse. I saw it in her purse. And she's like, I'm not helping you. Why should I help you? And they're like, didn't you see the fucking aliens were clearly on the same side now? Uh -huh. And she's like, those were dogs. And they're like, hey, you ever seen a dog like that before? <laughs> With glowing teeth and no eyes. Yeah, and one of them's like, who should we call? They're like, well, call the, the cops. No, you'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters right now. That was one of the taglines for this movie. No, it wasn't shit. Never mind. Okay. I was thinking of the Monster Squad. One of the taglines was, who do you call when you have monsters? Cute. Meanwhile, back at the penthouse, Bruce is still hanging out uh, with, with, Ron. with yeah. Ron. And Bruce is like, what if the kids are right? What if this is an invasion? <laughs> and they just, they say a lot of funny stuff. Like at one point, he's like, I can't get busted again. You've been busted? Yeah. Left half an odds in my jeans put in the washing machine by mistake and I shit you not my mum's underwear came out stinking of skunk my dad obviously poured a whiff and and cut off my allowance next time it'll be my testicles yes it's tough times for you mate and the irony is now I've got to sell twice the amount just to pay the rent I thought you said you lived at home yeah well I mean I mean rent in the proverbial sense yeah yeah well you gotta do what you gotta do you know a man's got to put bread on the table, proverbially speaking, of course. For shizzle. For shizzle. <laughs> he says that a lot. <laughs> so, Sam will do her best to help Pest. But there's only so much she can do. He needs to get to a hospital. But we don't really worry about that. Nothing gets addressed. He's up and running, basically, for the rest of the movie. Yes. And it, it becomes clear that this is a personal attack. Because the aliens now show up at their apartment. Like, it's uh -huh. clearly after this group of people. And they start to realize it must be because we killed the other one. That they're going after us. This is when Moses will kick ass and kill one of these things with the katana. Yes, uh-huh. Just right through the side of its head. Yeah. And this is when I wrote down, no wonder I loved Moses by the end of the film. But, like, damn, was he a dickhead oh, yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at this dead alien, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's too black to see. And, and they, one of them puts his hand in it, and moves his hand in it, and you can tell there's no shadows. You can't tell where one hair ends and another begins and all that, yeah. And for some reason, Sam thinks it's a good idea to leave <laughs> at this point, and she walks outside, and they're wondering, well, should we leave her out there? And Best is like, do you want me to die? I need the nurse. <laughs> And so they go out there and they're like, are you going to come back in here? Are you going to risk it out there? And she decides to go with them. And she's like, you know, the the least you can do is protect me. Yeah. Because they don't understand what's happening yet. Because if she stayed there, she'd be perfectly fine. They they decide that they need to go somewhere because they're starting to attack them in, in her apartment. So they're going to go to, I think it's Tia's apartment. Or Dion's, I can't remember which is it, who has a, a metal gate door. Yes. And on their way there, they see the two kids again, Probs and Mayhem. And Moses has a really cute little line here where he's like, Go home, lock your door, do your homework, watch Naruto. Stay inside tonight, get me. So good. <laughs> 
but they're like, we can help. Well, you know, Mayhem has a gun and, and Probs has a super soaker. <laughs> it's like, it's not filled with water. And they take the gun from them. Yeah, uh-huh. So, yeah, they end up going to, I guess, Tia's apartment. And when they're in there, they're kind of wondering what the hell Sam's doing there. Sam ends up telling them, you know, fuck off, five knives against one woman, real brave of you or yeah, whatever uh-huh. it was. And Tia gives... Moses shit for this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Now you're mugging women with knives? What yeah. the fuck? Heroes. Five of you and a knife against one woman. Fuck off. No, no, no. Don't build it up, love. It weren't all that. He never even touched you. The blade was to get over with quick. He was as scared as you. Blade? You're such a waste. Why is it always trouble with you? Why is it always someone getting robbed or beaten up or someone getting arrested? I mean, like, Tia, Dimples, Dion... These are all like, these are all people that are going through the same shit. They live in the same shit that Moses and his crew live in, but they respond to it way differently. Mm-hmm. And Moses will have an interesting line here where he'll, where he'll say that he thinks that perhaps the government bred the monsters for them because the government first sent drugs, then they sent guns, now they're sending this to get rid of us. Mm-hmm. And it's a poignant line, but it's a real quick thing that yeah. they never come back to. Uh-huh. I mean, we know it's not true. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's not true. So they don't dwell on that theory very long, but it's not important because it's the theory of what the aliens are. It's It shows you that mistrust that's there Mm -hmm. because of, you know, all the shit that led to the reason why this area is the way it is. Mm -hmm. We're not killing each other fast enough, basically. But one of the aliens does end up getting in. They climb up the side and they come in through the window. And ends up taking off the head of one of the kids. Yeah. Which really upsets one of them. Yeah, it kills, I think Jerome is the one that it kills. Oh, no, Jerome is the one that will die later because he's mad. It's Dennis who's wearing the motorcycle helmet. And they pop his head right off with that motorcycle helmet. And Moses, who who takes the katana, right as one is like growling at him, puts his puts his hands back to swing the katana down and gets it stuck in the wall. Guys, never put a fucking thing right above your head. It's not <laughs> a good idea. Meanwhile, the girls are getting attacked by one and they end well, up beating the shit out of it. Electri- oh yeah, so they end up beating it up. Yeah, she, uh, uh, Tia, I think electrocutes one after they kill this guy, right? So so they kill one with an ice skate and uh, she breaks a lamp and, and like electrocutes him with it. Yes. But yeah, so while Moses is there trying to pull out this katana from the ceiling above him and this thing is coming at him, it lunges at him and what happens? Sam ends up killing it with the knife that Moses told her she would need an, a weapon. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so now she had a knife and she is able to kill it. So she saves Moses' life. And yeah, then they're like, get the fuck out of here, Moses. It's got to be because you killed that little one. It doesn't want us. It wants you. Get out. There's a line that Tia has, which is actions have consequences, you know. And that's like, you know, the overarching theme of... Like Moses' journey is that actions have consequences and you need to either not think about the consequences before you take action. And then once you have taken action, you have to accept the consequences. You have to take responsibility for it. And this is going to guide Moses and how he behaves going forward in the movie. Yeah. So they end up going out into the hallway and they use fireworks to 
smoke them out and make it hard for them to find them. Yeah. But it also makes it hard for them to see each other. And Dennis falls, he loses his glasses, and he gets killed by one, which really fucking sucks. Meanwhile, Biggs is still stuck in the thing. <laughs> He's like, why won't anyone rescue me? <laughs> the probs and Mayhem are out there, and they're just watching these these aliens gather outside this dumpster. We see that Hi-Hats is still around. Meanwhile, the boys are wondering, where should we go? Mm-hmm. And run into Bruis yeah. before. So Bruce is meeting Sam for the first time. Don't worry, they don't take it anywhere romantic or anything like that. One of them says, why don't we go to Ron's weed room? And they keep saying Ron's weed room. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> what's what's Ron's weed room? Yes. It's, it's a room with weed. It's Ron's. <laughs> but it's the most secure place in the building. It's like Fort Knox up there. Going to Ron's weed room. What's Ron's weed room? It's a big room full of weed, and it's Ron's. It's good. It's good. It's like Fort fucking Knox up there. I just love that Bruce's response is, I'm too high for this shit. Yeah. And Pest goes, trust. <laughs> that, that's later when they decide that they need to take action. So they go up to Ron's weed room, and Ron ends up letting them in. When they get in high hatses, he says to... Moses, I was going to make you, now I'm going to dead you, but it doesn't matter because a whole group of aliens are in there. Yes, and they end up coming from the windows, and they're like, uh, hi-hats, and he's like, I'm not falling for that, telling me to look the other direction, but sure enough, all these guys come in, and they end up killing hi-hats here, right? Yes. Yeah, so hi-hats dies pretty brutally in one of those, like, you know, something that you might see in a zombie movie where... You know, all the monsters are tearing this person apart and the camera looks in from above and he dies that way while they all run to Ron's weed room and close the door behind them. So they're all stuck in Ron's weed room. This is when Moses will say, I wish we hadn't done this or that. I wish we had just played FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> wish I never chased after that thing. Wish we never met you. Wish I never took that white off high hats. Wish I'd just gone home and played FIFA like Big Sid. This is when Moses will also tell Sam that we wouldn't have mugged you if we had known you lived here. Yeah. And she's like, so that makes it okay to just mug people as long as they don't live in the same apartment as you? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, no, we we only care about the block. Nothing outside the block is more important than what goes on here. This is home. And this is when they're, so they're in the weed room, which of course has UV lights, and that's when Pest will say, hey Moses, your jacket's gone rave. <laughs> and Bruce is able to tell him, yeah, no, that's probably a pheromone of some sort from when you killed this smaller alien. It's probably a female. They drift through space on solar winds, and the female lands somewhere, gives off pheromones, and then they all follow it, and then they breed and take over the planet. And then they just do that over and over and over again. So they realize that, yes, it is personal. They're headed after Moses specifically because he has all this shit all over him. Mm-hmm. We get a scene with Probs and Mayhem. Yes, because remember I said they're watching Biggs in the dumpster. So they soak the thing with what's in their super soaker. Ends up being gasoline or lighter fluid or something i assume gasoline and they just light it on fire <laughs> and it's awesome and that's when they end up getting bigs out and he's and they're like we don't give a fuck man uh but then when the police show up they're like fuck and they, so they jump back into the dumpster to hide there 
with Biggs, and Biggs is like, hey, you're probs mayhem, right? <laughs> it's the first time they get the respect of somebody calling them by the names they want. <laughs> so Moses will give instructions to Sam, and he's going to tell her, go one floor down to 191. We know that's his apartment. We saw everyone else go home uh, earlier during that montage. We only ever saw Moses go into his apartment and close the door. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you sure nobody's home? He's like, yeah, I live with my uncle. He's never around. And when she goes in, she's able to see what he loves, how he lives, and it's kind of shitty. It's like, where's your uncle? He comes and he goes, mostly goes. Oh, do you have a little brother when she sees this bedroom and it's full of like, you know, a kid's comforter and like stuff like that. And he goes, no, he's like, he's just, he's very stoic. He knows what he's about to do. And he's like. He's very stoic about this. He doesn't like admitting what's going on in his home personal life, personal life. So all this stuff is kind of overlapping at the same time. And he says, no, he doesn't have a little brother. And she's like, wait, how old are you? And he tells her he's 15. And she goes, you look older. And he goes, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So his instructions to Sam were go into the kitchen Close all the doors, close their, they have, you know, one of those windows between the kitchen and the living room with the swinging doors on them. So close those, turn on all the gas in the room, in the kitchen, and get out of there and leave the door just on the latch. So it's not completely closed. And she gets out of there. So what he does then, she's able to do this because she walks right through all the aliens because it proves the point. She's like, I'm risking my life on this, that... They're blind. They only know about the pheromone. Mm-hmm. And so she's able to get right by. Ron pops his head out. Hey, is it safe yet? And she's like, no. And he closes <laughs> the door. Good luck. He closes <laughs> the door again. But yeah, so. It's very much like in zombie movies when you cover yourself in entrails. Yes. Uh-huh. It's like it's kind of like the opposite of that, actually. You take <laughs> the stuff off of you and then you can, yeah. So now that he has a signal and everything's clear. This is when Moses will say, I've got to finish what I started. Yes. So he ends up taking off all the extra shit he has on him. He puts a backpack on and they strap the female alien who's long dead. Don't worry. It's not ever coming back to life or anything. Strapped to his backpack. Moses opens up the door to the weed room and he runs through all these aliens and jumps over them. It is and just a as they fun, turn and it's all slow-mo. It is a Fun slow-mo scene, and I will give it that. It's unbelievable. Because you think they would be faster than yes. that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but And so it's this chase going down the stairs, and you know he has to be more agile than they are because they're big lumbering beasts. They're very fast, but they can't turn as fast. So they're like slamming into walls and stuff like that. They get – he remember from earlier, he took off all the clothes he was wearing that had all the pheromone on it and was just carrying the female alien. So when he makes it in there, he throws the backpack into the kitchen and they all follow that instead of him. So now he has to take out one of the fireworks that they have and light the firework. It's a bottle rocket, effectively, and sh- and fire it into the kitchen. And, and the it whole won't thing light explodes. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it's taking a while and they're slowly realizing that the female's dead, uh-huh. so they and better go they start go to after- come out and then they see him or yeah. they notice him. Finally, he gets it to light. Yeah, and it blows up and the whole thing blows up. By this point, Bix has called everyone. The police have showed up, so more people are, sh- are, are coming in. And it's just this huge crowd out there and then all I of a sudden, explosion. I him dying. Yeah. I totally remembered him dying. But he is hanging 
by a Union Jack. Again. From the window. A little unbelievable. <laughs> he survives. Yes. And they end up arresting everyone who is still in the weed room. So, so Ron, Brewis, Pest, not Sam, because Sam had already gotten out. She was already downstairs with everyone. And Moses, when they finally get him and they're carrying him out in handcuffs again. And Biggs is like, well, what the hell? He's saved us. Like, he's the only reason we're all up. Moses, Moses. They all start chanting he's his just, name. But they do it kind of naturally because he's literally just calling out to Moses. And then everyone hears him yelling out to Moses and it turns into a chant kind of organically. It's not just like he's trying to get a chant going. <laughs> if Moses can't get, if the mountain refuses to come to Moses, Moses will clap until it does. <laughs> But yeah, so, and it's really lame. Sam tells the cops, they protected me. And then inside the car, they're like, oh, they're all shouting Moses. And Pest Moses says, smiles. yeah, that, that's for you. And then he smiles, and then that's the end of the movie. Yes. Because he did the right thing. He's getting arrested, probably for good reason. It's a consequence of his actions. But he knows he did the right thing, and people and the people of the block appreciate him. So, Kelsey, anything else to say about the movie? What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? I would imagine at least an 80. It has a 90. There you go. Effortlessly mixing scares, laughs, and social commentary, Attack the Block is a thrilling, briskly paced sci-fi yarn with a distinctly British flavor. Metacritic of 75. It's pretty high for a Metacritic. Again, CinemaScore still not showing results. <laughs> do you think that's overrated or underrated? A little overrated. Maybe a little. What would you give it? I was going to give it an 83. I think it's very good, but it is low budget, and it does have flaws. Uh, there are a couple times where, and not just in the slow-mo scene, there are a couple times where it's like, Moses probably would have been caught right there, yeah, but okay. Uh. And, you know, it's a fun, silly, you know, it, it's not it's not a kid's movie, but it's a young adult movie, you know? It's not, and it's I not- I don't know if I'd say that. It's a movie about young adults. And it's not a full-blown- horror movie it's it's definitely comedy action as well yeah i really enjoyed it though and i thought the kids did a really good job yes like almost to a man every single one of them like did really good apparently again i don't know how true this is apparently joe cornish the writer director like went to like young community theater centers high schools drama teams and stuff like that in the area and found young kids who are interested in drama but haven't really been in anything before. And then he would, like, keep them on a string for, like, several months to see how, like, committed to participating they could be. And then picked from that group. See, why couldn't that kind of shit have happened when I was a kid? <laughs> yes, put the kid in the picture. <laughs> That's effectively what happened. And now we have John Boyega. Thin. Yeah. I will give it, I feel like at minimum it's an 85 for me. I think I'll give it an 87. I really enjoy this movie. It is, it's fast. There's not a lot of fat in it. Not a lot of fluff. It Agreed. just kind of goes. You hate the kids, but you love the kids. It feels good, I would say, to watch this movie, despite the fact that it deals with some troubling stuff. I'll give it an 87. So that is this week's episode of Kids Fighting Monsters with 1987's The Monster Squad and 2011's Attack the Block. 
What are we watching next week, Kelsey? Next week, we are doing another double feature. The Late Night Double Feature Picture Show. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. <laughs> whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the beast. We are going to do a House of Wax double feature because this has been recommended to us again by three people. Jeffrey, Diane, and Nina. Thank you all very much. I'm excited about this one. I have seen neither of them. And from what I hear, the modern House of Wax is better than you might think it would be because everyone kind of assumed it would be terrible because What's-Her-Face was in it. I have only seen the new one, and I can tell you that Paris it is. Paris Hilton, by the way, is the one. Huh? Paris Hilton, by the way, is the person I'm talking about. Yes. And I can tell you that it is actually decent, and it is creepy it's definitely creepy there are moments that are very creepy and it's fun and it's interesting and i'm very excited to see if all the things that i liked about it came directly from the original the vincent price one yes i'm very curious to see that however and i'm very interested to see this if i still feel this way guys i've only seen this movie maybe twice I know for a fact I saw it in theaters, and I definitely remember it. Maybe I saw it once on TV after that. But what I definitely remember is thinking, that's a brother and a sister. They want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the actors? Yes, the actors are well, playing, brother playing brother and sister, and, sister. and yeah, they uh-huh. just, the sexual tension is taut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited because I hear that the original is pretty weird and good. And I'm excited to see if... I'm excited to give the remake a chance. But that's next week. Until then, you can reach us at our website, Pod Cemetery, where you can get a list of every movie we've ever covered in alphabetical order, which is a fantastic way to navigate through our backlog. Just find a movie you like and listen to that episode. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice. And as always, rate and review. Five-star written reviews are the best help you can give us there. Sharing us with your friends is an even bigger deal. And listening in the GD first place is even bigger than that. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Even if it is an alien invasion, they're four foot high, blind, and got kicked to death by a bunch of kids. We got nothing to worry about. Do not care about Brian Austin Green. Do crabs think fish can fly? Crabs can swim. Some crabs can. Like that crab in Animal Crossing with its legs going. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to start talking. (laughs) I was like, and then sneeze. (laughs) Gesundheit. Handle life, okay? (laughs) Bogus. You know, being close to a freeway 
where we are is actually really nice because we like never hear the freeway. It's never an issue. We're close when we need to get to it. Like we're not so close that it's a shitty place to live, but we're not so far away that it's shitty to get where we need to go. But all the fucking helicopters that fly over the freeway are so annoying. Just nonstop all day. Helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. Jesus. It is the 91. Remember when they shut down the 91 and it was Carmageddon and the 405 and that was Carmageddon. Anyway, he deserved to die. Fucking Jesse Ventura saying, I'm a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. (laughs) I wanted to cover Predator on the show. I think it absolutely qualifies as a horror movie. Okay. It qualifies as a horror movie as much as Alien does or Terminator does. It's that kind of caliber. I've never seen anything about it that seems horrific. It just seems like an action movie. There's an alien here. And like, I wouldn't call Super Troopers a horror movie, but they're fighting against aliens. Starship Troopers? What did I say? Super Troopers. I was like, I wouldn't call it a horror movie either. (laughs) They look inside, well, John by. I'm not going to try to say his name anymore. Moses. We get to meet, what is his name? The Rasta white guy. Boop, boop. That's the sound of the police. Boop, boop. That's the sound of the beast. Go home. Do your homework. Lock your doors. Watch Naruto. <laughs> watch Naruto. Yes. <laughs> so they're all stuck in Ron's re- Fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that a fake laugh? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> bruh, bruh, bruh. Fuck this kid. I'm going to destroy him and everything he loves. 